Good day everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Unboxing the Faith. It is still considered the new year, I think, so our topic for today might still be quite relevant for the parents listening. We'll be talking about Sunday School slash Catechism with a member from the KL Archdiocese Catechetical Centre, Stephanie Chia. Let us begin. What do you believe? Organ. Eucharist. Saints. Christmas. Tradition. Sacraments. Hymns. Trinity. Easter. Mary. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Our faith is not a question of I think. It's a question of Jesus Christ has taught us through the church. All right. Welcome, Stephanie. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you. All right. To start off with, maybe just give us a quick intro about yourself. And more importantly, right, how did you get into this line of work at the Catechetical Centre? Because it's really something not common at all. <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, welcoming me and thank you for inviting me for this. Um, as you've said, my name is Stephanie. I work for the Archdiocese and Catechetical Centre since uh, 2021. Uh, my work here actually is an internship as part of a pastoral leadership formation program with Fondacio. And the reason I decided to get into this line of work was because um, I was originally trained as a nurse. Yes. And as a nurse, um, I saw a lot of human suffering. I saw in, in the hospitals, I saw people dying. I saw people sometimes on the very worst day of their lives in pain, in, um, in discomfort, in distress. And not just the patients, but also the family members. And of course, while as a nurse, I could help alleviate their physical suffering. A lot of the time I saw their, their suffering was more than just physical. There was also a lot of emotional suffering and a lot of uh, unhappiness, a lot of unhappiness. And that was something I couldn't do anything about. It made me feel quite helpless because I saw that their, their non-physical suffering was a lot greater than their physical suffering. and. Letting them go with just a Panadol or a simple medication to, to alleviate their symptoms doesn't actually solve the problem. So reflecting on this and reflecting on my own life, I found that uh, truthfully a lot of our problems, a lot of our suffering come from our distance with God. And so I started taking my faith life more seriously. I started taking my spirituality more seriously. I, uh, I became a catechism teacher. And in the course of being a catechism teacher, I found so, so much happiness. So much happiness that I wanted to do it full time. Wow. And so here I am. <laughs> well, that's a very interesting journey from nurse, catechism teacher, then no full-time, uh, almost full-time worker. Yes, uh, At the yes. time of this recording, you have been a full-time worker already. Yes, actually. All right, that's yeah. very cool. That's very cool. Okay, now let's let's get on with the episode, shall we? Mm -hmm. And it's very rare that we have the CCC put in at the start of our episodes usually. 
But this time, I think it's very apt that we have it right at the beginning of our discussion. So I think I'll begin with uh, quoting CCC 5. And CCC 5, it says, Catechesis is an education in the faith of children, young people, and adults, which includes especially the teaching of Christian doctrines imparted, generally speaking, in an organic and systemic way with a view to initiating the hearers into the fullness of Christian life. So, Stephanie, I'll let you uh, break it down. What is meant by education of faith and why is it so important to us Christians? All right. So, to answer your question, I would like to draw your attention to uh, CCC 1, 2 and 3. Okay, okay. Uh, can I read it out? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay, so we begin with the prologue. The prologue says, Father, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. God, our Savior, desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. CCC 1 God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. For this reason, at every time and in every place, God draws close to man. He calls man to seek him, to know him, to love him with all his strength. He calls together all men, scattered and divided by sin, into the unity of his family, the church. To accomplish this, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son as Redeemer and Saviour. In his Son and through him, he invites men to become, in the Holy Spirit, his adopted children and thus heirs of his blessed life. So that this call should resound throughout the world, Christ sent forth the apostles he had chosen, commissioning them to proclaim the gospel. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. Strengthened by this mission, the apostles went forth and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by the signs that attended it. Those who with God's help have welcomed Christ's call and freely responded to it are urged on by love of Christ to proclaim the good news everywhere in the world. This treasure received from the apostles has been faithfully guarded by their successors. All Christ's faithful are called to hand it on from generation to generation by professing the faith, by living it in fraternal sharing and by celebrating it in liturgy and prayer. So from the prologue and from CCC 1, 2 and 3, we see the intention of God. He created man to be happy. When I first read this, I asked, what does blessed mean? So I actually had to look it up. And in the dictionary, it says blessed means supreme happiness. 
supreme happiness. Supreme happiness. God created us to share in His happiness. We were made to be happy. So we are not happy, though. We are not happy. Not all the time, at least, right? This world is not happy either, mm. and that is because. From my observation, that is because uh, a lot of the time we forget God, and we forget God, and without Christ, uh, we are lost. That is why God sent His Savior, CCC one, two, and three. God sent Jesus to show us the way back home, show us the way back to happiness, and this is why Jesus um, sent His apostles into the world. To baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and also to show them the way back to God. Mm-hmm. And in the last one in CCC three, this is called a treasure, a treasure received from the apostles, from God Himself, the the gift of Christmas, which is God's own Son, mm-hmm. given to us and handed on generation to generation through catechesis. So the word catechesis um, actually comes from the Greek verb katechine, which means to resound. To resound. Yes, to resound. If you know the principle of resonance, uh, it's a physics principle. Uh, principle of resonance. Uh, you, you, the image here is that of a tuning fork. You know, when you strike a tuning fork, it starts to vibrate, and then when you bring it close to another tuning fork, it also starts to vibrate. That's resonance. So when we 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 say catechine, resonance, catechesis is the art of、uh, having the proclamation of Christ, life, death, and resurrection,、uh, resound in your life, and therefore making other people resound with his life, death, and resurrection. That's catechesis, and the aim of catechesis is to help people get in touch with. And、uh, get in touch with Jesus to know Him, and by knowing Him, come to love that's Him. That's how you achieve the treasure. And by loving Him, I think, I think, by loving Him, you are bound, bound just by、yeah. the way things are, into living、mm-hmm. a fruitful life of faith.、Mm-hmm. All right, awesome, awesome. The treasure is that proclamation that Jesus is that, that God loves you. That's the treasure. Okay, <clears throat> so that that was a very good intro to catechism, <laughs> right? The reson the resonation thing is very very interesting to resonate, and then the others feel the same excitement for for Christ. You know,、yes. That's how you de- impart that. That's how you pass on the faith. Pass on the faith. Yes, very good, very 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 well put. Thank you so much. Now I'm also very curious to know as well. How was Sunday school、uh, into instituted in the first place? Okay,、mm-hmm. and and why was it specifically meant for children? Okay, well, to correct you. Okay, okay.、Um, sun Sunday school is not really instituted. Yes,、um, but Sunday school in in Malaysia it all comes down from the history of Christianity in Malaysia. Yes,、um, there was a time when.、Um, The Catholic missions, Catholic teaching orders, came to Malaysia and set up mission schools. Right? Yes. So a lot of us 
were from this mission school set up by the brothers, the Lasallian brothers, the IJ sisters, the F M, uh, the Kenosian sisters, and uh, all these teaching orders. So uh, they they set up these schools, and catechism was actually taught in these schools. It wasn't actually taught. Uh, it, it wasn't actually taught in the parishes. So Sunday school d- did not really exist as an institution, and and not really from ancient times. No. So it, it came about as a, as a practice in Malaysia because of the way things are. Mm-hmm. And because of um, after our independence, we had, we had a change of government and our government policies changed, especially in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, the, mission sco- the missionaries were, were not allowed to come in anymore. So the, when the missionaries weren't allowed to come in, a lot of the mission schools lost their teaching manpower. They were forced to rely on local teachers and the local government. And when the government made restrictions on what could be taught in schools, catechism could no longer be taught in Catholic schools. So when that happened, the bishops had to make a decision on what can be done. How can catechism still be taught? Because uh, up to then, the, the faithful are not really formed to teach catechism. Those who were formed to teach catechism are actually the religious, the priests. As, and now, all of a sudden, they, are not, they, they don't have enough priests, they don't have enough religious, and they're not allowed to teach in schools anymore. So the decision at that time was to bring that catechism classes into the parish, to be taught in the parish instead. And the, the structure was exactly the same as they, that, was already, that was previously there. According to the school system, so that's how uh, our catechism class came to resemble a school, and how our how its teachers were actually all just volunteer lay people, who uh, who themselves received some catechism, but they themselves are not trained or formed to give proper catechesis. Mm, not like the missionaries that came, but no, mm. not like the missionaries, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, they did their best, but um, there were there were quite a lot of weaknesses in that model, as you can see. Okay, okay. I think we'll explore that mm. in further on in this episode, lah. Mm. Okay, but uh, I think now we, I want maybe we can dive down into something a little bit deeper. I think which is an issue that I would like to address as well. I think a lot of people would also like to hear about, and is that. On, on youths leaving the church right after confirmation or quote-unquote the end of Sunday school. Now, so let's give the listeners a bit of context, right? So I think what we're used to, the how the children are brought up in Sunday school is that they start with catechesis of the Good Shepherd from ages four to six, right? Then Sunday school onwards from seven and then First Holy Communion at either age nine or ten, then confirmation further on at 16 or 17. So that's the progression for them in their faith education. And this progression is somewhat similar to their academic progression, right? So they tr- at least most of them, they treat the finishing Sunday school as finishing church. And after finishing church, they just don't come back anymore. Lah. And I think that that is an issue that we've been trying to tackle for for quite some time already. So I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. And mm. so the question is this: lah. Should the sacraments of initiation, which is the first Holy Communion and also the confirmation, should these sacraments be separated from Sunday school, the progression of Sunday school? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. 
Why do you think that uh, separating the sacraments of initiation would be helpful to this issue? So, um, I would think that if you have it as a progression, then they would feel that it's something they just go with the flow. Mm. right? Instead of something that, oh, I think I'm prepared for the sacrament of First Holy Communion now because I'm a little bit more formed. You know, the formation is different between children, children uh, from children to children. And same thing with confirmation. I think I'm ready for confirmation now. Only they go f- go ahead with the sacrament of confirmation, right? I think it's not a. Uh, I think it's not that of a common practice that you hear, but it's still being done that certain confirmation students don't go ahead with the confirmation mm. if they were advised that oh maybe you feel not ready for confirmation because confirmation is a huge task it's a mission to spread the mission of Christ to rest the rest of the, the world right and then it's like, okay I'm not ready for that maybe I'll take another year and then I'll decide again by then you know mm. something like that mm. the preparedness of the student themselves mm. because I think in overseas they do first holy communion and confirmation at the same time mm. so I mean just difference in practices lah Right, so mm. just maybe want to hear, you know, if you share the same thoughts or you have a different thought. Ah, you know. okay. No, mm-hmm. uh, well, because the, the 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 children, the child always has a choice whether or not they want the sacrament, because they are below the age of eighteen. The parents normally make that decision for them. Yes. Um. But if the parents are um, respecting the child's uh, feelings and respecting the child's um, preparedness then yes, sometimes children don't go ahead with the sacrament even though they have reached the age. But the idea of separating the the sacraments from the catechism classes, um, because sacrament is only one part of the catechism. Our our faith, um, there there are four pillars of the catechism, the profession of faith, what we believe as Catholic Christians, um, the life of prayer, and the... Uh, Christian life, living the Christian life, the moral teachings of the church, um, living as good Christian people. And the last is actually the celebration of the sacraments, the celebration of the mystery of God. And these four are uh, the pillars that, that hold our faith together. You cannot, um, you cannot focus on one to the detriment of the others. Yes, so that's why um, if you only focus on the sacrament, you risk losing, you risk losing talking about moral life the moral teachings uh, you risk uh, you risk not having the chance to talk about what it means to uh, have a full life of prayer mm-hmm. or um, uh, the profession of the faith how many people when they say the creed actually know what they mean mm-hmm. uh, so that that actually is what catechism is about um, so the as I mentioned before the aim of catechesis is to put people in touch with an in, an intimate uh, friendship with Jesus, right. so knowing Him, loving Him, and then therefore uh, living, choosing to live a fruitful life, and that um, that is achieved for us. Um, the, the The church has a whole art and science to the whole thing now, because two thousand years later, so uh, the whole art and science of it is through these six tasks: one, to teach them to pray; uh, two, to teach them to celebrate the liturgy celebrate the sacraments. Uh, three, to teach them a summary of the faith. Uh, four, to help propose to them gospel values. Uh, five, to encourage them to live a life of sharing and community. And six, to uh, send them into mission. Mm-hmm. 
So these are the six tasks, and this through this six tasks we help to we help uh, we hope we hope these children achieve that resonance, as that resonance and and the the life of Christ within them. So of course, if at the end of this eleven years of catechism, as we put it, um, they they choose not to come back to the church. That is entirely their choice because past the age of 18, they have already reached the age of majority. And in choosing to leave the church, I believe that they just uh, were not able to see the treasure they had. They were not able to see the treasure in their hands. So sometimes this happens because um, the world throws wool over our eyes. That happens at any age, not just children. Even adults have the wool get thrown over our yeah, eyes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes, and um, or sometimes also because of hurts, uh, because of pain, because of relationships within their family or within the church that cause them to be unable to see the treasure that they have been given in having this relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. That's why they leave. Uh, but of course, because they are baptized, because they are baptized, and this is something that I recently learned, um, at the rite of acceptance, they draw uh, the the presider, the priest draws a cross, a cross on the forehead of the catechumens, and he says, "May Christ Himself strengthen you and guide you to eternal life." Mm-hmm. So, as baptized Christians, Christ is with us, and Christ guides us. So, in for those who have left the church, who ha- cannot find the treasure in the church. I trust that the Holy Spirit will still lead them to God because I believe in the power of the cross. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. So um going so you you would still put it as the the reason why they leave is not because directly because of the catechesis they receive, but more on the other Worldly, uh, the plethora of other issues that come come about, lah. Yes, there's and, a plethora of issues involved. Yeah, and it's and and maybe it's it's um, how do I put this nicely? <laughs> well, in, in oh. truth, right, catechesis mm. is not just the work of the catechism teachers That's in right. the catechism yeah. class. Mm. Uh, if you if you look at CCC four, it's the totality of the church's efforts to make disciples. That includes the whole parish. That includes all the clergy and all the lay people and all men, women and children who have been baptized and given the mandate to go make disciples and teach them what I have taught you. <laughs> it is the work of every one of us. Yeah. So because it is the work of every one of us, the catechesis actually happens in the whole parish. The curriculum actually is the whole life in the parish from the mass to the activities to the youth groups to the catechism classes and uh, down to the little fellowships that you have and interactions that you have with each other in the BCs. Mm-hmm. So all of that is catechesis. Mm-hmm. And young young people and us, or older, or even the older ones, we are still being catechized. We are always being catechized. Because mm-hmm. we learn something new every day. Like the baptism thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright. So... Now to the next question, are there things about the Sunday school structure, even though it's not, it's a practice that has been brought down from the start of the Christian uh, missionaries in Malaysia. So are there things in the Sunday school that have changed for the better, have improved over time that you think was for the benefit of the communities? And maybe that so maybe some things that, you know, are being tweaked for the better. Is there any things that you want to bring up? 
Mm, okay. So um if we want to if we want to make the whole structure more effective, of course, um it I believe would take quite a large concerted effort and a sustained effort over mm-hmm. time and investment and money and effort, a lot, a lot of effort on everybody's part. Uh, but it, it, as we are, we only do what we can. Yeah. And so, therefore, as the Archdiocesan Catechetical Centre, what we do is support our catechists with formation. So we know that most of them are volunteers. Um, most of them have some catechetical formation in their from their childhood. Um, and some have more, some have less. Some have studied more. Some have not studied at all. Some have forgotten a lot. Some have forgotten a little. We have all kinds, just as we have all kinds of children. And uh, we support them with formation. We support them with resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like the catechetical textbook, the catechist guide. Of course, because we are catering to so many different people right. of all different languages, it's very hard to be... It is a balance between being effective and being able to reach everyone. Mm-hmm. So some... In some cases, uh, what what we have, the Malaysian Catechetical Series, actually the language is very simple. So uh, overseas, you might find books that are more advanced, more sophisticated, but a lot more expensive. In producing the Malaysian Catechetical Series, we had to consider a lot in terms of translation, in terms of the cost, in terms of the comprehension level, the reading ability of local people and their comprehension and also their level of formation. So th- with, with, with all that in mind, that's, that's how we end up where we are. That's why, as, that's why if we really want to move forward and move higher, it would take quite a, quite a lot of effort. Yes. So um, while the Sunday school structure we have right now is not really ideal, yes, um, if we look at the theory of resonance, um, who, who, would best be, who would be in the best position to actually provide that resonance to their children? Families. Yes, families. So if we were speaking about ideals and speaking about how things have been actually been done for 2,000 years, um, the faith was handed down generation to generation through the family. In the, in, in the church's history, it's usually the parents, the families who catechize their children. So most of the time when they go to the catechism classes, they're just taught a summary of the faith. So that means like uh, the doctrines, the teachings, the, um, the, the profession of the faith or like moral teachings. But the rest of it actually is, is in the family. It's the parents who bring the child to church. It's the parents who teach them to pray. It's the parents who teach them to share with each other, to live a life of community in that family. And it's the parents who support the children if they want to help others or Go, go for mission. So in truth, if you're really talking about ideals, and yes, the family is the ideal place for catechesis, uh, but things being what they are, we have to be practical and, um, and work with what we have. So if the listeners want to have a listen back on our whole episode on Catholic families, you can just go back one episode before this. We talked with Sheena and we talked with Aaron about the family life and how we can incorporate certain Christian values into our family life. So yeah, have a listen and that as well. So 
Stephanie, is there any other recommendations that you would like to recommend to people to have a check, uh, have a look at, to for as more guidance lah, if they are more interested in this topic. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about catechesis, um, other than the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you can also look at the directory for catechesis. It's available at the Daughters of St. Paul, about uh, 50 ringgit a copy. Yeah, and then I think from our side as well, we also like to recommend the Baltimore Catechism. It's a pretty old reference, but it's still very relevant and still good in certain aspects la, that we can apply uh, in our probably in our own family life and when we're interacting with one another. Mm. Right? And if you are looking at uh, catechetical books to learn about uh, for, for, for guiding children or catechizing children, there's the books that are uh, CGS core material actually, like The Religious Potential of the Child or um, The Good Shepherd and the Child. A Joyful Journey. Uh, it's a very good uh, guide to um, how, the, how, how you can introduce the child to Jesus, to God and the Good Shepherd. All right. I think that wraps up uh, this episode. Thank you, Stephanie, for you know, being so informative with this whole topic. I think not a lot of people know the in-depth like you do. And we, we just want to thank you again for you know, have, giving the giving us a little bit more a catechist on the catechists <laughs> right you're very welcome i'm very glad if i was able to be of help to you thank you you were definitely me. of help to at least for myself and probably to a lot of listeners that's listening into right now all right now for any updates you can refer to our website or our facebook and telegram accounts and also follow this podcast so you know when the next episode drops Thank you, guys. Unboxing the Faith is brought to you by the Social Communications Ministry of the Chapel of Christus Aman.